You're listening to the Della Darling Podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Dara. We're taking Dara's love of telling people's stories, Emily's love of attending events, and our mutual love of the first date, and highlighting the best people to meet, places to go, and things to do that Delaware has to offer. Hello, everyone. This is a little bit different of an episode, which I feel like we have been saying a lot lately, but Dara and I are flying solo tonight, Um, but we're excited to do it because we have a really great episode planned for you. And I know sometimes for our listeners, it seems like we're always together, but in fact, we're not. And I missed you, Emily. I know. I missed you too because we recorded the last intro remotely, and I'm trying to think when the last time... I saw you was possibly two recordings ago. I can't remember. It's been a while. So I'm excited to hear what you've been up to. Same here. Um, and it's been a while since we've done just something the two of us. But I, in researching for this episode, I think we'll have a lot to talk about. This is our longest budget yet. <laughs> uh, so tell me, uh, you, last Friday we both had a little arts and cultural activity. We did. I went over to Winterthur for a Royal Affair, which was a partnership um, lecture and concert put on by the choir school and Winterthur. So um, we had all of our patrons arrived, got on a shuttle bus, went over to the museum. The museum galleries are beautiful. We had a lecture discussing the Costume of the Crown exhibit, as well as a composer who composed music that the choir would later be singing, gave a discussion about the role of um, choir and the traditional, like, the traditional setup where the choir sits opposite each other, like we saw in the royal weddings at Westminster Abbey. Um, and then they had the concert, which was really, really a lovely event. And the choir school did live stream it and leave it up on their Facebook page. So if you missed out, you can check it out there. Oh, that's really neat. And speaking of viewing, um, for fans of The Crown, if you've watched season three yet, you do know that Delaware gets a a shout out in one of the episodes. I have heard. I'm still back um, on season one. Um, You know, I always think, oh, at Christmas, I'll catch up. And and maybe I will, but I'm busy on Hallmark Channel movies. So um, I'll be looking forward to that Delaware reference. I don't know if it'll uh, do you proud, but it might make you chuckle. I think I'll enjoy it. Um, So how about you? The same night I was at my event, you were at an event as well. Yes. So um, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I usually go to a few performances um, at the rep, um, the resident ensemble players in Newark on the University University of Delaware campus um, a few times a year. So I actually saw my first play of the season. It was Murder on the Orient Express. Um, It's such a great story. It is. Every time I'm, I'm shocked to find out the outcome. Yeah, so it's based on um, Agatha Christie's classic, um, which you know maybe you've read or have seen in movie format. Um, going into it, I wasn't really sure, you know, what to expect. I was kind of thinking, well, I'll see their take on it. I'll look at the costumes and the set because um, I do know the ending. Um, and it was, it was a really great evening. You really did feel transported. Um, it a lot of it, a lot of the action takes place on a train um they did an amazing job with the set there was some magic involved uh to make it look like the you were inside the train cars and the cabins were actually moving um so they extended the run of it because they've had such a great response um so if you're interested you might have some trouble getting tickets but you do have until early december to catch it that is great i love when any run gets extended that's always you know a real um to its success which is great so let's head into some news so actually (laughs) so I mentioned the budget already that it's the longest one we've ever had and by budget it's basically us planning the topics up for discussion putting together the news stories those all the events those kinds of things now um, we always have at the beginning what have we been up to and most of the time, it's like, oh, I didn't realize Dara was doing that. That sounds like fun. And I, we don't always discuss everything on the list. But Dara has getting my holiday hair. This is so and embarrassing. I need to know what that means. 
So this is actually not that big of a thing. Um, I just... I mean, it's what you've been up to. <laughs> it's what I've been up to. It's actually happening on Friday, so you're not even seeing my holiday So does it hair. just mean you're getting your hair cut? It just means I'm getting my hair cut, yeah. Oh. So there... I... I'm terrible about getting my hair cut, and it usually... Right around the holidays, I'm like, oh shoot, I'm gonna be in photos, I'm gonna be seeing mm -hmm. people, mm -hmm. and it's been like six to eight months since I've gotten my haircut. I should go do it. And um, a couple years ago, when you know it was like November, December, um, I was squeezing a haircut in, and my stylist was like, oh, it's so nice to see you. Now you're here and you're getting your holiday hair. And so now you always have to get your holiday. Now hair. I always have to get my holiday hair. Well, it's good to hear. You're better about getting haircuts than I am, which. It's not hard to be, um, but I'm glad to know that your holiday hair is not like a red and green tie-dye look. It's it's just a haircut. No, I have some decorative uh, berets, or no, well, I do. Barrettes. Barrettes. I have some decorative barrettes and hat. I do have a new beret, oh. a leopard print beret. It's very cute. You know, cute. that would be perfect for the benefit. Anyway, um, okay, let's move on to news. So the first piece we have up appears to be from like a Washington Post, maybe like Q&A blog. Why go to Delaware? Yeah, so I, I found this on Twitter um, that there's a section on the Washington Post where, of course, they have a selection of feature writers, travel writers on staff, um, and folks can write in as they would other advice columns um, and ask for tips about traveling, places to travel, um, just advice about traveling. Um, and this one obviously caught the eye of Delaware Twitter. Um, the question is, why go to Delaware? Uh, and it's so many reasons. So many reasons. This so this woman goes into explaining. My family um, is trying to visit all fifty states. We have visited about thirty-five, and for most of the ones we haven't visited yet, I can envision a clear vacation. For example, we haven't visited Alaska or the New Hampshire slash Vermont slash Maine area. But for the life of me, I can't figure out why we would visit Delaware. I'm sure it's lovely. I have nothing against it. I just don't know anything about it. So sing me the praises of Delaware, please. What's worth seeing? Great beachfronts, tea shops, roller coasters. We're up for anything. Hmm. Carol. Did Carol write this? Carol responded. Oh, Carol responded. Okay. Well, to not Carol, first off, there are so many things to do and there are so many great resources. If you Google visit Delaware, a lot of things will pop up, but give us give us the the lowdown on the answer. So Carol, who um, travel writer responded, um, Delaware's charms are concentrated at the beach, which I am not negating the charms of the beach. Some some of Delaware's some charms. of Delaware's charms. Um, Rehoboth, Dewey, Bethany, Fenwick. Each of these oceanfront communities has its own vibe, um, and then she talks about the different vibes of each of them. Um, and she also gives a shout out to Ocean City, Maryland, which is not in Delaware, but close to the Delaware beaches. Yeah, and they have a boardwalk, but so does Rehoboth. Um, so I'll just add on. For those who want to know the other of Delaware's charms, I think Newark and Wilmington, Newcastle. You have some some colonial mm -hmm. history there. Um, and, and, you know, now that we've taken a little day trip to Dover... I found it really enjoyable. And we didn't do any of the museums and the Capitol and that kind of thing. And of course, like we were just talking about, um, there are so many museums and uh, cultural things you can do from seeing a show uh, to going to Winnetor. And I think the thing that got me was, I don't know what she's envisioning for her New Hampshire vacation, but apparently that's easier to envision than Delaware. And maybe she's just gonna be a leaf peeper. You know what I mean? Like they're gonna be fall hiking. You can look at some leaves in Delaware. They'll look different than they do in New Hampshire, but they'll still be beautiful. Well, they'll look the same. You just have to come like a couple weeks later. That's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, so that was a good Delaware article. I have another one about some, some really inspiring young women. Um, Haley Willard and Zaria, I'm sorry because I'm pronouncing it wrong, I'm sure, but Zaria Hathorne who are sisters, um, they love to read, they love sharing their love for literacy. So they started a Facebook page and they began reading bedtime stories on Facebook Live every night so that every child in the world can have a bedtime story. 
And I thought that was really nice. And so they're actually now working to raise money to build a library in Ghana at a school there. And so Browse About Books, who we have given shout outs to before, um, did a $5,000 donation and books. So they really are, are putting themselves out there with this um, to help these young ladies on their journey. And they've been featured on Rachel Ray and a number of other news outlets for their work. And I just thought, these lovely Delaware women making a difference and they're so young to be doing so. And that's a great story um, and certainly some very inspiring young ladies. But then of course it is sort of the season where we're thinking about uh, giving, making donations, um, feeling grateful for things that we have. Um, literacy of course is a year-round cause. Um, and of course I'm making a donation to a food bank as well. Um, but if you are thinking about it, um, you know, th especially this time of year, it gets highlighted. Um, I did see that the food bank of Delaware, um, is, is looking for some items such as hot and cold cereals, canned fruits, canned meats, um, canned vegetables, spaghetti sauce. Uh, so especially since it's the Thanksgiving season, um, if it's on your mind, uh, put it on your list and, and you can always go to their website to find out more about, uh, you know, the right way to make a gift um, and where to drop off any donation. Yes. And for those who are, um, you know, obviously we hope you can donate food to those in need, but there are also families with children who are in need for holiday gifts as well. And so a ton of drives for that coming up. Toys for Tots is obviously one that everybody knows about. And Senator Carper's annual Christmas um, or annual holiday gathering. He asks people to bring a gift for Toys for Tots. Sunday Breakfast Mission here in Wilmington, and I'm sure a number of others. Um, I know the Catholic churches in the Diocese of Wilmington gather gifts for Christmas and so, or for all the holidays. So um, that's another great way to donate this time of year as well. So I don't know if our listeners can hear it, but we are hearing a bit from Nutmeg tonight. I don't know if she's feeling a little bit more brave since talking uh, to the pet psychic last week. Well, I think that and the fact that she's normally in charge of security checks mm -hmm. and we have no guest for her to check tonight. So I think she wants to be involved in some way. And Clove, of course, has already been involved. She's always very involved. You know, she likes to be involved in sound. She likes to be involved in the technical. She's very involved in editing. Um, and so, yeah, she already involved herself by sitting on the computer, turning on the narrator and zooming everything into 200% tonight. Weird. Oh, I just found her. I just hit her with my foot. <laughs> That's her favorite seat is that chair. Hi, Chloe. So the girls have been busy helping us out. Um, and you know, one of our former guests has also been very busy in the news lately. Yes, and very seasonally appropriate to talk about her now. This is the episode we had her on, I think, for last year. Yeah, so this time last year we had that pie girl, Amy Watson Fish on, um, and she talked about her her she talked about her state famous pies. She talked about um, working downtown and in the arts. Um, and she also talked about her love of Wilmington Brew Works. I think that was kind of her tip or her favorite hangout that she yes. recommended. Yes, she lives in that area. They had recently opened toward the end of last summer. So this time last year, it was definitely a new hotspot. And so I, we follow her on Instagram and I saw that she had some exciting news that Wilmington Brew Works recently came out with some new um, varieties. And one of them is that Pie Girls Apple Pie Cider featuring the flavors of her apple pie. The brewer's note is, quote, it's to die for. There you go. Um, so you can go there, you can obviously have it fresh, but you can also pick up crowlers, growlers, bottles, and cans. So you can take it home to share for the holiday as well. Or give to the brew lover in your life. That's tr very true. And this one's gonna be, I'm assuming here, but it's a cider, so it's, it's gluten-free for all of our favorite gluten-free friends. I hope to try it soon. Um, but like I said, Amy has been busy and so she made it into the news again. So when we had her on, we talked about how she and her coworker, Andrew Truscott, just thought it would be so funny if they had these crazy Christmas outfits. And so they crowdfunded Christmas outfits, got them, and then had a whole photo shoot and had an article in the news journal about it a few years ago. Um, they were hashtag goals. They were hashtag goals. Every year I say, I'm gonna put on matching pajamas with nutmeg for my Christmas card. And I guess now clove too. Um, but aside from the fact that I don't think either of them wants to wear matching pajamas with me, um, I always end up just buying cheap holiday cards from Marshalls. But 
they had these awesome outfits and they took them to the best place in Delaware for cost, uh, Christmas costumes. Yes. So I saw that they brought them back out again and they were at Blitzen, which is the new uh, pop-up Christmas bar in downtown Wilmington. And I can't believe that we've waited this long to bring up this news item, but they weren't the only ones at Blitzen. They were not the only ones at Blitzen. I went on opening night with my friend Hillary and her husband, Ken. I just kind of last minute thought, you know, they're opening today. I'm going to go. So I went over there and of course I saw several people we know, Rick Hidalgo, um, who you all remember from our episode back in March. Um, I think it's podcast in noir. So he had a whole exhibit and talked about his gallery that he accidentally started to own. Um, and then I ran into Kate Hess, who's another, she's a local graphic designer that I met at Delaware Female Creatives. Um, and so it was really great to see her out and about. And then I also saw Sean Green from WDEL, who I've known for years and years, just it's Delaware, it's a small place. And um, he walked in, needed to get a sound bite for an article so that he could get over to the city council meeting, such is the life of a local journalist. And so he interviewed me and D, were you surprised by my quote? I, I never doubted for a second that you said this quote. All right, you guys, we're going to relive the experience right now. It definitely makes it a little more fun that it's Christmas. Honestly, I've been watching Hallmark Christmas movies for two weeks at this point, so I feel very on theme. Mind you, this was a couple weeks ago back on, I think, November 7th. Yeah. So, you know, I was already two weeks deep by November 7th. <laughs> so that's... Um, my mother's concerned I'm watching too many Hallmark movies, but... Is there a limit? I think that of all the people who would be concerned about that, I can't believe your mother would be because I know that she loves Christmas movies. She does. And for those who also love Hallmark Christmas movies, check out our episode from last year in December. Um, we pitched Hallmark movies to my mother and she helped us to workshop them. And on that topic, can we, can we talk for a second about how... In the article, it explains that a man named Ron Snowberger is the restauranter behind the idea of Blitzen. I know. You can't write this stuff. Someone call Hallmark right now because we have a plot for another Delaware movie. They have to get the pop-up, the Christmas pop-up. It has to come together. I can totally envision, you know, a Hallmark story going on right here. Right here. I just can see it. So we have our own Hallmark right here in Delaware. But we're still trying to get through Thanksgiving, um, which I feel like we kept talking about how far away it is, and it, it is the latest it can be, um, and still I feel like it is suddenly upon us. It's happening next week. Um, so catching up on some holiday news, I saw on Delaware Online that if you want to deep fry your Thanksgiving turkey, uh, but you find that too scary, um, Johnny's Doghouse can do it for you. That is so nice. Um... I love a good deep fried turkey. I think it's the way to go, but it definitely can be an effort. Um, you have to sort of know what you're doing. It can be dangerous. You have to make sure you're doing it safely. So for those who are a little timid and maybe not willing to take on all the safety precautions, I would definitely go that route. So I, I didn't really realize that that many people were still interested in deep frying turkeys because it seemed to be the hot thing mm -hmm. a few mm -hmm. Thanksgivings and then I really, I, I thought it had gone the way of other trends. Yeah, I can't speak for the rest of the world, but the Guillen family is deep frying turkeys. Really? We have been deep frying turkeys for probably 15 years at this point. I, I don't know why I'm shocked. Yeah, but we have a special like deep fry apparatus. So it's an electric deep fryer yeah. um, and it has like a closed encased thing. So we're not using like the vat of oil over like heated in, you know, on the deck yeah. that explodes into flames. It's none of that. You know, you know, Rob Guillen does not, he does not mess with that kind of stuff. So um, it limits the size of the turkey we can do, but we find with our family, one turkey is enough, and then we usually will have a ham as well, and then possibly a turkey breast, because a lot of people like the white meat, but not as much the dark. So that sort of is a good balance for us. So I was actually, a couple weeks ago, I was looking for some Thanksgiving and holiday food inspiration, um, and the Food Network has kind of a like slice and dice of various holiday episodes they've put together before. 
Um, and so in one of them, they revisited a segment where Alton Brown explains mm-hmm. how to deep fry the turkey. And honestly, the video, it looks kind of dated. I mean, well, when you think about the quality of something 15 years ago to now mm-hmm. on the internet, I mean, that's crazy. That is so long ago, you're right. It probably is dated. Yeah. So yeah. it's it, apparently we've reached the point where deep frying turkeys is a, a long time tradition. It definitely is, at least in the Guillen family. Um, for others, though, I think they definitely have some other traditions, like where they get their turkeys. I know a lot of people um, stand by ordering turkeys ahead from Wegmans or Whole Foods. That's very popular, but there are definitely some local options as well. So we're always um, telling listeners that a great way to find out what's going on is to sign up for newsletters. Um, and I will admit that sometimes I sign up for way too many. Um, but a recent one where I got on their newsletter list um, was the Delaware Nature Society. Uh, I didn't really know what they'd be sending my way, uh, but I was interested in finding out some more. Um, and they've sent me some interesting events so far. And one of it uh, is that Coverdale Farm Preserve, which of, of course is part of the society. Um, this past year, they actually have uh, turkeys uh, raised Raising these noble birds. Yes, to quote to quote them, they've been raising these noble birds. Um, it's been an amazing opportunity as they work to hone their skills in sustainable production. Um, and they are proud to offer a limited run of Orlop Mammoth Bronze, a broad-breasted breed for Thanksgiving. So it sounds like if you really like your white meat, you really like organic, you really like local, you really want to support nonprofits that advocate for the environment... Sounds like you should be ordering ahead probably today, if not weeks ago, from Delaware Nature Society. Yeah, so you could just go through their website if you still have time, if they still have birds, is DelawareNatureSociety.org. Um, and I, I checked it out. I did not order turkey. I'm already covered in the turkey department. Um, but you just you decide if you want your tur- turkey to be under 15 pounds or over 15 pounds and go from there. Sounds good. Um... And I think, isn't it something like you need a pound and a half per person? Because once you take out all the bone and et cetera. I have no idea. I think it's a pound and a half per person. But you guys, I could be wildly incorrect about that. You are the person at this table who has uh, judged a food eating competition. I have judged a food eating competition, but had nothing to do with how much turkey weight people can eat. So another, another competition for another day, I guess. So let's move on to sort of like more traditions um you when i had said we were going to do this i said let's talk about like our favorite our favorite traditions that our families have that tie into the local community um and you of course because you are always so good at finding the best news stories found a news story about a family that has a really fun ongoing tradition yeah so this popped up um again in a newsletter delaware today um but it's just a short little story about a dover couple um they live on a farm, uh, and in 2005, they invited some family over um, to decorate right after Thanksgiving um, and decorate Christmas trees. Um, so now it's turned into this tradition um, where sometimes they'll have you know maybe 40 people come over, hang out in their barn, and um, make and decorate their own Christmas trees. And um, this stood out to me because Emily and I have we we sort of had a wreath making tradition. Although it has come and gone over the years. Like, I think we did it two years in a row. Mm-hmm. And we definitely, we, yeah. We made ornaments. We we have spoken before about how we really enjoy going to wineries or local museums and taking their DIY classes where we learn to do something and we take something home we might actually use. Mm-hmm. So I have some alcohol ink ornaments that we did at Christmas. And yes, we have done our own fresh greenery wreaths as well. Yeah. So maybe when one of us eventually has, you know, our great house in Delaware with the barn, we'll be able to establish our own wreath-making tradition. Until that day comes, there are other opportunities locally. So Grace Winery in Glen Mills, Harvest Ridge Winery in Tufkenemin, Paradox Vineyard in Landenburg. Um, they are all doing fresh wreath-making classes. So a wreath and sip, I guess you would call it. So you get a glass of wine, build your wreath. Very fun. Um, and then Brandywine Creek State Park is doing a fresh greenery holiday wreath workshop. Bellevue State Park is doing a candy wreath making. I don't know if this means you'll make a wreath of candy or you'll decorate it with candy, but 
for if you have kids especially I think that one sounds fun and Claymont Library is doing one with like the mesh netting um, so it's a little more oh. indoor mm-hmm. wreath kind of thing but those were just the ones I found with like a quick search on Facebook so mm-hmm. I'm sure again if you get newsletters from all the various local places that's a great place to look as well as events near me on Facebook and you can search with just wreath mm-hmm. And actually, I was on Etsy earlier this week uh, doing some early Christmas shopping, and I did see that, well, I guess it's not early anymore. Um, But you can, of course, search in your area, and you may be able to find a farm or a florist, um, you know, near you who is making a fresh wreath. Um, and you can either you can purchase pick it up a fresh or wreath purchase locally. And have it sent. Yeah. yeah, so that's great. Um, and it's something I had later on in the budget. I wanted to make sure we mention um, you can shop on Etsy locally. So there are all kinds of filters for Etsy. But once you do your search, you can filter by um, location of the shop. And so you can search for people who are in Lewis, who are in Wilmington, etc. So that's how I actually originally heard about Lewis Lettering Company in Lewis. They make beautiful, beautiful prints and do a ton of calligraphy. And you can find so many amazing artists who are local to you and you can still be supporting them even though you're shopping on their Etsy store. And I can't remember if this has come up on the podcast or I've just heard about it, but I have this association with your mom and a cookie walk. Is your family into cookie walks? Cookie swaps? We've never gone on a cookie walk. Um, For a number of years, my mom did do a cookie exchange. Um, which is, I think, pretty traditional. Most people have heard of this and done it. Mm -hmm. And we haven't done that in a number of years, though. We just don't, without as many, like, friends and things like that, we don't have, like, end-of-the-year Boy Scout dinner at the house or anything like those. So we don't don't need as many cookies as we used to. Um, But I I don't know that she's ever done a cookie walk, but I'm sure she's seen it on Hallmark Channel. I recently saw it on Hallmark Channel as well. I haven't watched that movie yet. I'll, I'll have to let you know when I find it on the checklist. Well, if you do need a cookie um, swap, walk to go to, um, I did see that Delaware Online recently had a list up of different um, area churches um, that are gearing up for their annual cookie walks, um, cookie swaps, cookie exchanges, whatever you call it. Um, but then also this surprised me um, that I did not realize the Church of the Holy City in Wilmington um, has a 35-year tradition of selling fresh lobsters from Maine, as well as a variety of other shellfish, clam, mussel, pick crab meat, um, and of course, pies, cookies, um, the usual. So I did not know that either, um, and I'm assuming this is like you get it for the week of Christmas. Oh, no, it's December 6th and 7th. I guess not, because I was to say, I don't know if lobster is one of the seven fishes. Does that count? I've never been to a seven fish dinner. I don't yeah, know. And, and I also don't know, like, are there seven specific fishes? Or are there, like, a certain number of shellfish, a certain number of white fish kind of thing? Like, or is it more guidelines? You know what? I, we've talked about having um, potentially a V&M Bistro mm-hmm. on the mm-hmm. podcast. And I think that they are well-versed in the fish. They would know about the fishes. Maybe that's a question for them. We will definitely have to ask them Mm -hmm. about it and get back to you guys. Mm -hmm. Or listeners, if you know about the seven fishes, please let us know. I have heard the best place to get all your fish for the seven fishes is Sandstones in Wilmington. Um, And I got crabs from them this summer. They were great, amazing. So let us know what the fishes are and where you're getting your fish. So we were just going to talk um, throughout the episode about some of our favorite traditions, uh, catch up on you know things that we enjoy doing now or that we remember doing as kids, talking about food. Uh, is there something that your family always eats at the holidays and is it closely tied to Delaware or is it just closely tied to your family? You don't know. We definitely have a lot of things. Um, one thing my dad always makes at least once or twice over the holiday are peppermint milkshakes from candy canes. That sounds Um, really good. So it's just, it's so nice to get some French vanilla or I like vanilla bean ice cream, Breyers vanilla bean. (laughs) 
and you put that in the blender with you crush up your candy canes oh my gosh it makes the cute little pink you can even throw in like some mini chocolate chips um or like chocolate shavings if you want it to be like a peppermint chip but that's one of my favorite things my dad does and i don't know where that originated um the last few years i've become known in certain circles for my red velvet cookies because um, they're very very festive on a christmas plate mm -hmm. I do red velvet with the white chocolate chips. Um, oh, Dara, I do know what the one food is. I don't like it. It's the I'm trying to block it out, I think. so. Is it, is it pork and apples? No. You don't like that. <laughs> I do like pork and apples in moderation. Um, so we don't do this on Christmas Eve anymore. It's just too chaotic, and also I don't like it. Um, but my my dad's family, his father's from El Salvador, and my grandmother is her family is from Germany. And so my dad on Christmas Eve for a number of years has done a, a sort of traditional German dinner. So we do spetzel. My brother fries the potato pancakes. Um, my grandfather Richard makes the applesauce because he makes the applesauce. And my dad has this sour broughton recipe that has to marinate for like seven days. And it's, it is a whole thing and I don't like it. The other food is fine. The, who doesn't like deep fried potatoes? Sounds delicious. No matter what, deep fried potatoes with applesauce on them is great. But I don't like the sour broughton. And it's, I feel bad because it is like such an effort because you have to really plan in advance and mm -hmm. marinate it and cook it. And it's a whole thing. And we also go to mass on Christmas Eve and there's just always so much going on. We don't have time. So my parents have started doing that like on New Year's Eve mm -hmm. um, because, you know, and it just depends. So that is something we do every year. How about you? Um... I can't think of anything until Christmas Eve. Um, this started happening when I was in high school. I think a friend gave me a cookbook, um, or perhaps my dad found a recipe online. Uh, so he, do he does find he a lot of recipes a lot online. Of recipes online. Um, he's he's not he doesn't do a lot in the kitchen, but he does a lot of research and development. Everybody needs a supervisor. <laughs> So, um, and yes, he does do a lot of R&D. My family, uh, I have Canadian relatives and Canadian ancestry. So, however, the ancestry is not French Canadian and this tradition is French Canadian. Um, but Well, it's cultural. Well, so we have a um, we found it and intrigued us. It related to some some traditions from the Canadian side of my family. Um, and it is a Canadian meat pie, um, tortier. Uh, so usually a little bit before Christmas, we'll drive up to Lancaster, um, and just, you know, spend the day, you know, hanging out, maybe doing some shopping. Um, we'll go to a butcher, uh, and we'll get a mix, some ground pork, um, and ground beef to put in the pie. And then Christmas Eve, I've gotten a lot better at it. So now I enjoy making and eating it. Um, but for a few years there, definitely as I was coming into my own of this tradition uh, and trying to figure out a good recipe. Because now I now it's many recipes that I've combined together, so mm -hmm. it really is my mm -hmm. recipe. Um, I was driving myself crazy, like, making this meat pie. Trying to make it perfect. Yeah. I hear ya. I hear ya. Actually, I might have talked about this on the episode with that pie girl. I can't remember. I might have talked about how crust can be very painful for me. I think she gave me tips on yeah. how to roll it out. And for this one... It's the top and the bottom crust. Like it's you need you not do need one, two crusts. Two. Yeah, two crust pies are more difficult. I just buy Pillsbury, so they're pretty easy for me. Yeah. Um. Okay, you put this topic on the list. Do you remember your first Thanksgiving or Christmas in Delaware? And I'm assuming you do not remember your first one. Yeah. But do you remember like early ones? Like what was the, what was the best gift or something that your family did that you remember? So this is kind of hard for me, and I was thinking it might almost be easier for you because, like, since I was born in Delaware, um, it's kind of like Christmas in Delaware is either all I've ever known, so I kind of, like, took it for granted, or because I was so young, we were traveling to my grandparents a lot. So I didn't have, like, a memory. more traditional memory of Christmas in Delaware. Like, like going to Winneter and going to Longwood, which are now like so much part of the season for me, I don't think that really even became a thing for me until I, I was a teenager. Yeah, we definitely didn't do that stuff as children. Um, 
I'm thinking we definitely had like breakfast with Santa at school. My parents um, are still very involved with Boy Scout Troop 50 and they have their pancake breakfast every year, which my parents, Mm -hmm. my brother has been out for, let's say 13 years at this point. And my parents are like still going strong with the pancake breakfast, which is on December 7th at Limestone (laughs) Presbyterian Church. For any who are interested, you can get tickets at the door or you can reach out to me and I got the hookup. So if you want to support Troop 50. Um, I do have a memory thinking about now, and I don't know, I might have been about six or so, but for a while my parents would take us to midnight mass, mm-hmm. um, or it wasn't mass, midnight services on Christmas Eve. Um, we went to St. Thomas's in Newark, um, when I was, I was growing up there and I was so young and I was so tired and I can remember like my eyes drooping down and my father holding me. And the next time he went to church, which of course was like a Sunday morning at a reasonable time. The priest looked at me and said, she's awake. Oh my gosh. We used to go to midnight mass as well. My grandmother has has put the kibosh. It's too late for her. Um, so we go earlier on Christmas Eve now. But I do, I will say this. So um, sort of two funny stories. One, because we used to go to the midnight mass, we would not get home until very late. And I definitely in middle school was a huge procrastinator when it came to the wrapping of gifts. <laughs> Not the, not the procuring, but the wrapping. And so there were several Christmases where we would get home at, you know, 1230 from midnight, which our midnight service was at 11 p.m. So we'd be getting home about 1230, 1 o'clock. And I would go, oh my gosh, I need to wrap everything. And so I would be up until like 3 a.m. doing all my wrapping because I had procrastinated. And I do not do that now. So that is a good thing. I can't believe you did that when you were younger. Yeah. And then when I was even younger than that, our first house in Delaware, um, the style was you would walk in on the landing of the stairs and you could go upstairs to like the living room, kitchen, and bedrooms. Or you could go downstairs where we had like the garage. My dad had a little office and there was we had like a playroom. Well, the fireplace was downstairs, but the Christmas tree was upstairs. Mm. And I always felt bad when I was little, little and believed in Santa, which Santa's obviously real for all you children listeners listening in. Um, He would have to come down the chimney and then carry everything up the flight of stairs. And I just felt terrible for that. So I feel better now because now he just has to go from one end of the house to the other and my parents... And here, when he brings gifts for the Spice Girls, the tree is directly in front of the fireplace. That's so helpful for him. So talking about fireplaces, um, I also wanted to talk about, you know, now we're adults, um, experiencing Delaware in sort of new way. Um, And now, like this season, I think like November through February, I cannot get enough of going to restaurants that have fireplaces. I love it. I love when you can just sit by the fire and be cozy. And I do not, I have a fireplace and I have lived here three and a half years. This will be my fourth winter here and I have never lit a fire in it Um, because it just seems like it's a lot of work. And also like when it gets kind of late in the evening and I'm tired, I just want to go to bed. I don't want to wait for the fire to die down. I'm not really sure because my fireplace doesn't really have a hearth. It's like level with the floor. I don't really know how the Spice Girls would handle that. Um, And I have decided to just err on the side of caution. But yeah, I love going to restaurants with fireplaces as well. Um, And we definitely, we've talked a lot about my family and our Hallmark movie obsession, but we definitely like to watch... Hallmark movies by the fire at my parents' house. Yes. And so the last year, the news journal, they published a list of restaurants that have fireplaces in case you needed a, a seasonal location. And I, I guess it was on the list, but I forgot. Um, I was at the back burner a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago for lunch, and I realized they – I've always kind of sat in the main dining area, but then they have a more, like, tavern, bar area, and then – Um, They have sort of a back room room they use for private events. Mm -hmm. Um, So I actually sat there when I went for dinner during restaurant week. And we were right next to the fireplace and it was not at all cold and I still (laughs) felt very cozy. Okay, so we talked about how we definitely have some mainstays like going to Winter, going to Longwood at the holidays, especially as we became teenagers and adults. But what are some of the things, or at least one thing, that you have not been able to go to that you wish you could that goes on? So we're talking about Winneter a lot this episode. Um, And obviously, you think about the the go-tos of the holiday house tours. Um, But this was a couple seasons ago. I saw that um, Gerald Dickens, who is actually the great-great-grandson of 
Charles Dickens, author of A Christmas Carol. He visits Winneter. He's been doing this for several years now um, to perform a one-man show of The Christmas Carol. Um, so he'll be back again. It's wrapped into their Yuletide um, events. But I just think that's how, like, I love, like, I was just reading about A Christmas Carol. Um, there's such a great tradition around it and so many of what we think of as Christmas is based is rooted in the way that Dickens presented Christmas in that story um so I just think that seems like such a unique experience and um you know Gerald Dickens he travels all around the U.S. all around the world um but you know it's not like you can see him everywhere so it's so unique that like he comes from the UK to little old Delaware. He is one person and he comes here every year. Yeah. And he performs 26 characters. Yes. So just to give you guys the info on that, it's going to be happening December 11th at 1 p.m. and December 12th at 1 and 6 p.m. Um, members, $20 a ticket. Non-members, 22 And children, 15 So it's in um, Copeland Lecture Hall, which is right at the Visitor Center. And they also have packages. So you get a discounted entrance to the museum and everything that day if you do the package. So you can buy the tickets at Winterthur's website or you can call them. What about you? Is there something that you've always wanted to do in Delaware? So um, I know people think that lighting the Christmas tree in Rockefeller Center is like that is when Christmas starts. I believe there are several Hallmark movies about it. But we actually have a tree lighting in Rodney Square. They've been doing it the last few years. And it's always the first Tuesday in December, or at least it has been. And I have always been teaching, and I will be again this year. So um, I would really like to one day be able to go to it um, and go and, like, have my hot cocoa and have mm -hmm. the lights light up. And, um, you know, maybe I'll meet a lovely man from maybe a bigger city <laughs> um, who will come and, and we will, you know, have to spend the holiday together for some reason after meeting at the tree lighting and then we'll have a misunderstanding but we will resolve it in time for Christmas. I think what if um, he's the specialist that has to come into town mm. to make sure that whatever advanced problem mm -hmm. with the lighting works. Well, he, he could be an electrical engineer. Oh. Which is not what I do but I need an electrician in my house because most of it's not grounded so <laughs> that would really be convenient so we'll have to work on um, my Hallmark movie making that happen. Okay, let's switch over to gifts because this is definitely a gift-giving time of year. So, Dee, what are you thinking when it comes to, like, your favorite Delaware enthusiasts? So, I remember I was shopping at um, the kitchen sink last Christmas, uh, which, of course, is connected to uh, the back burner, the back burner to go. Um, wandering around, of course, they have a lot of, uh, you know, kitchen stuff, home stuff. And then I found this, like, corner that was all you had your blue hen coasters you had your tea towels that had illustrations of, of delaware and the various delaware towns mm -hmm. on it um and it was definitely the the delaware corner um pretty sure i have that tea towel and um we have had both ryan catalani and christina jedra on the podcast before they moved to hawaii um, but they for my birthday last year got me the cutest little like wooden cheese board um, that has a little Delaware on it. It's not shaped like Delaware. No, it has a Delaware imprint. Okay. It could be, a Delaware could be an awkward, or it could be a really good I think it could be board. a really fun cheese board. Mm -hmm. You can definitely have like your jam sort of near Wilmington, mm -hmm. and then you can do like your charcuterie mm -hmm. near Dover, like Smyrna, Dover area. And then as we get to like the thickest piece, you can have like a little nut, mm -hmm. a little bowl of nuts, and you can have your cheeses over by the beaches. Well, even if you needed to assemble in the kitchen and then carry out, it sort of, it inherently has that shape. It has a, a little, little handle. handle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it sounds like that would work really mm -hmm. well. Um, but you're right. Everything but the kitchen sink is a great Delaware enthusiast shop. Um, uh -huh. um, and then, of course, places like Hearth and Home and um, The Look. I've seen they have the Delaware necklaces there. Yeah, they always have great gifts. Um, one place I put on is actually Delaware History Museum, their gift shop. So... Um, they definitely have great history books for adults as well as children and children and adolescents of all ages. So mm -hmm. you can kind of get things all over the place. And it's a great way to support a local museum rather than just buying the book from Amazon. Um, and you can get your Joe Biden candles at Delaware History Museum. So don't forget those for any of your Delaware enthusiasts. 
And one thing I wanted to bring up, um, we really wanted to talk in this episode about Small Business Saturday. And I think most people now are familiar, right? Black Friday, it's kind of the big box stores, online shopping, Small Business Saturday. We already told you guys you can shop locally on Etsy, but shop at your local businesses. And then Sunday, December 1st, is called Museum Store Sunday. And it's the idea that it encourages you to go visit a museum and go shopping in the museum gift shops. Um, Museum gift shops are amazing. They have great stuff. And I know I have gone with you one day. You said, oh, we're going to be near Hagley. I just I just need to run in really quickly <laughs> because you were, I think it was a necklace or a pair of earrings mm-hmm. maybe um, for, I think it was your mom. My sister. Your sister. So, and you were like, no, I just, we saw them. She really liked them. I've been meaning to come back and get them for, I think it was for her birthday. Mm-hmm. So we went and stopped in and they always have such great local jewelry, pottery, prints, artwork, anything you can think of, you can find locally at a museum gift shop. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would absolutely recommend take the day with your family to kind of like stretch out the holiday weekend and spend it at a local museum. And, um... Museum Store Sunday is actually a nationwide effort that over 1,200 museum stores are going to be participating in. So it's just a reminder that museum stores help to support the programming at the museum um, and the other efforts they go through. So we recommend you go to any museum, but the ones who are specifically participating in the official event are Delaware Art Museum, Hagley, Museum of Natural History, Winter, and the Brandywine River Museum of Art. So I think we've given you guys a lot of options if you're uh, trying to get some final gifts, if you haven't yet started, uh, you know, definitely shopping local to find something unique or shopping local to find something connected to Delaware. Um, it is possible. And I think maybe if not before the end of this year, uh, early next year, we are hoping to have um, some small business owners on the podcast. Uh, so you can find out more about what it's like to be an entrepreneur in Delaware, what it's like to launch your business, have a boutique, run things. Um, and of course, we've already talked about that a little bit um, over the summer when we had the Delaware Apparel guys on. Yes, yeah, so they are small business owners. Uh, Gretchen Sayani came on the podcast last year, who owns, and she owns Delacour Cafe with her husband. So they own a small business. Um, and I, we can't possibly have talked to, oh, we had um, Megan Steele and uh, Samantha Hemphill. Megan Steele has her own business as well as works for a few other local small businesses. And Samantha is running her blog, which is its own small business. Mm-hmm. So. And of course, you mentioned Rick Hildago. You said you saw him at Blitzen. Um, but local artists, that's, you know, a gift. Yeah. No one else is going to get that. <laughs> yes. Um, and Rick is actually lately having so many interesting events at his studio um, of classes and just like different things you can do. So his his page, I would recommend you follow um, RH Gallery on Facebook. That's where they post everything. And they have so many like really interesting events. And um, he's so great. He invites me to every single one. And <laughs> I almost never can make it. Um, but he's such, a, he's such a great artist. He's so friendly. And he's so excited to just share his art with anyone who would like to share it. So we definitely recommend that. Um, When it comes to some other local places you can shop, we obviously mentioned various stores that are up all the time, but there definitely are some seasonal opportunities for holiday shopping as well. Uh, If you're down in Sussex County, you can check out Winter Wonderfest. Um, It's in Hudson Fields in Milton. Uh, It's open November 16th through December 31st. Um, So, of course, they'll have some attractions, seasonal attractions like food trucks and craft making Mm. and carnival rides. Um, But there will also be opportunities to do some shopping, um, go ice skating, and tree. And for the Hallmark lovers, there will be over 100 light displays. So you you can cruise the lights on foot. Very festive. Um, also talking about being on foot, we're talking about eating. So with eating goes exercise. So, um, I think two years ago I convinced you to come to Orange Theory with me on Thanksgiving. That was really nice. It was nice. They, they were doing a little three partner workout for the day. So Gretchen joined us and, um, it was a really nice way for us to actually see each other because we don't normally see each other (laughs) on any holidays. So we got together, we all kind of sweat together a little bit and then we all went off to our families to do our turkey days. 
Um, and this year you can do the Thanksgiving Day MS run in Wilmington. There's a 10K option, a 5K option, and there is a kitty fun run with Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus. And for those of you who don't want to do races on Thanksgiving Day, you can go the weekend before, um, which is this weekend, Saturday the 23rd at Hanloft Park in Newark. You can do the 5K or 10K turkey trot there. And of course, I have never done a turkey trot, but like other seasonal or themed runs, I love to look through the photos because you get to see people dressing up in tutus, in turkey hats. Um, so if you can't convince yourself or you're too busy to get off the couch, um, you know, always check out places like um, Newark Post Online publishes a bunch of photo galleries from local events so you can see what festive costumes people wear. Yes, that is a great way to get into the holidays. Um, and with that, we've given you guys so many great things to sort of do in the coming weeks, but we are going to speculate a little further out. Um, I threw this in there. So Dara, we have spent a number of New Year's Eves together. Mostly I think we've been at each other's homes um, with friends doing, doing parties when we were in high school, college, and then even for some of the years after. But we have also gone to Delaware Art Museum for a wedding that we had that mm -hmm. night. Um, one year, I think I ended up not being able to join you. It was when um, the Duke ate the butter. Oh. Um, you, you went to Chelsea Tavern. Mm -hmm. There was that night out. And then I, a couple years ago, did dinner at Toscana and midnight was at Tonic. Um, and I've done some murder mysteries the last few years too. And those are really fun because we like to go shopping at the local thrift stores for our costumes. So you kind of get excited to like get into the theme and shop for really weird outfits while you're on your holiday break. That is also fun. And another thing that I've done locally, um, and farther afield, um, is go to like a local B and B or an inn. Um, you know, go by yourself, go with a couple, mm -hmm. go with a significant other. Um, there are often fireplaces there. There are fireplaces there. Um, and for those who want to do like a little fancy night away mm -hmm. in their hometown, um, we can't, we, you know, always love any chance we get to go to the Hotel DuPont and have a drink at the bar. Mm -hmm. But you can get a room for the night at the Hotel DuPont, have a very fancy dinner in the Gold Ballroom, and enjoy the evening there. As long as there's not a wedding. I guess there could be a wedding in the Gold Ballroom that night. But I guess they'll have dinner in the green room. Soon to be renamed. So I feel like we've already raced ahead into December. Um, and we might as well because it's going to be here before we know it. Um, I think Thanksgiving is going to take over the last week of November. Um, but we're looking back forward to coming back to you um, with, some, with our next guests. Um, and talking more about the holidays and some regular stuff as well. Yes, so thanks to the Spice Girls. Um, Clove behaved very well for this episode. Um, she must have deemed the sound adjustment was appropriate from the start. Nutmeg had a more difficult time. Um, I think she felt left out. But thanks to listeners for bearing with us, and we'll talk to you guys after the holiday. Thanks for listening to the Della Darling Podcast. If you want to follow us on social media, we are at Della Darling Pod on Instagram and Twitter and The Della Darling on Facebook.